Welcome to episode number 26 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast, where our goal is to strengthen, unite, and restore your marriage. Taylor, and together with my husband David, we are the co-founders of MendOurMarriage.com, and our goal is to break the back of divorce by bringing married couples together to be accountable, keep the passion alive, and expose the hidden issues that tried to rip marriages apart. And we are back in the booth today, and we're going to go ahead and get started. David, where you at? <laughs> I'm here. I guess that was an introduction to me, so... um Welcome, guys, to episode number 26 <laughs> of the Mastering Marriage Podcast. Uh, we thank you for hey, everybody. tuning in. Yeah, we missed you guys on Monday. Um, obviously, we didn't do the episode because we were releasing our new program, uh, but we're back in the booth. And uh, today we're going to do a different type of um, episode. We're not going right. to answer a question, uh, but we're going to kind of give you some more inside scoop into our past issues with our marriage right and we're going to talk about um we're going to talk about me being a motivated spouse yeah and me being a reluctant spouse and what that means yeah but we're going to share some information that we probably never told anybody i know i know i'll be sharing some information that i've never told anybody so this might even be a new one for Mandy because she's looking at me like, what yeah, you got to say? I'm giving you the side eye, like, but, what you about to say? But anyway, before we get started, I just would like to let you the guys know that this podcast episode is brought to you on behalf of MendireMarriage.com. And as you know, our primary modus operandi is to break the back of divorce. You talking in English? No, yeah, that's, 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 you never heard of that word? Yeah, I was just messing Okay, up. it's yeah. to break the back of divorce. You're supposed to say snap, crackle, pop. Snap, crackle, pop. There you go, because that's really what we're interested in doing. And so, if you guys are a part, are part of our newsletter, a fan of us on Facebook or, what, or YouTube, um, hopefully you're with us for the right reasons. Right. And we want to help you. Save your marriage. That's really what we do this for. We don't do this for fun, not for entertainment purposes, but really to help you save your marriage. Right. Um, and we know what it was like to go through a horrible, horrible uh, early portion of our marriage, and we don't want you guys to stay stuck there if you're there. So anyway, right. check out the website, mendiemarriage.com. Um, we have a lot of goodies and a lot of new stuff on there. So, a lot of uh, new yeah. stuff coming up. A lot of new stuff coming up, too. So, yeah, we, it's, it's going down. We have an event at the end of the month. Event at the end of the month. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of event, if you are in Florida, Orlando, Central Florida area, um, it doesn't just have to be Orlando, but if you're there, hit us up because we would like to invite you to come out to uh, our event that's on the 29th. So uh, hit us up. Email us, Facebook us, let us know. Go to the website and go to the events tab. And you'll see the information there. So mendourmarriage.com slash events. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump into the topic because um, this show is going to be, like I said, it's going to have a different feel to it. We're not going to be answering the question, uh, but we're going to be giving you some contents of our hearts. So, um, obviously, you know that we're going to talk about the reluctant spouse versus the motivated spouse. Uh, and I was the reluctant spouse. Mandy was the motivated spouse. Mm -hmm. And both of those positions come with a couple of, you know, pros and cons, you know, I mean, and so I'm going to talk about 
a couple things real fast, and then Mandy's going to talk about some things, and then we'll wrap it up. But I'm going to talk a little bit about how it felt to be the re- the reluctant spouse. I'm going to talk about what would have helped me to transition back into the marriage better or quicker, and then I'm going to talk about what I actually used, like what things or strategies that I actually incorporate to help me get back into the marriage. And then I'll Um, do the same. And then Mandy will do the same thing. And just for those of you who are interested in knowing the difference between a reluctant and a motivated spouse, um, you'll hear the difference uh, in terms of how we break down how it felt. Because I think you will resonate with the feeling. So let me just talk a little bit about how I felt to be the reluctant spouse. Mandy's all in my grill because she wouldn't know what I got to say. All ears. Well, okay. So I I honestly felt as if, no one completely understood my position. Um, whenever I shared my marital struggles with anybody, their number one focus was on helping me to try to get the marriage resolved, you know, fixing the marriage. And as a result, though, I felt that my experience was completely being overlooked. Like it was it sucked because, yes, you know, you you want me to get mar- back to get back in the relationship with my wife. You want me to resolve some things. And salvage the marriage, but what about the experience that I'm having? What about what about you? Yeah, well, not just what about me, because that sounds kind of like a hissy fit type stuff. But what about the issues that I'm struggling with that nobody is focusing on? Like the emptiness. Not just the emptiness, loneliness. but and and loneliness, emptiness. But what about my difficulties connecting to my wife? Because nobody really, you know, nobody focused on that. They focused more so on get back into marriage, fix it, mm-hmm. do do the right thing. This they is what God wants you, want you to do. do it, but they weren't giving you yeah. tools and strategies. Nobody gave me tools or strategies of how to connect, get those areas that I was struggling with, with my wife, how to get those things back. Like how to fall back in love with my wife. So you need to c- connect with someone who had experiences and been successful. If, yeah, if if that was possible, but because that wasn't the case, I honestly felt extremely, extremely lonely. I mean, you know, talk about, you know, when we talked about being in the house and feeling like you're your roommates. Mm-hmm. But imagine if there's nobody in this world that, and this is how I felt. There, there's nobody in this world that can identify with what's going on in my brain, mm-hmm. and I, it was so lonely. That I I always also felt that God wasn't even a part of the process. I mean, He was obviously uh, towards the end, but when I was in the heart of it, I really felt like I was in this chasm, this this dark void, and even God's voice was absent from me. Um, and it was extremely debilitating because it took a lot of my my gusto, my motivation from me, you know, and and then. When I would see you and you were, I wouldn't say moping around a lot, but you were very sad, you know, when we were passed by each other because we were roommates, you know, and that in and of itself put pressure on me, you know, Um, and and the fact that I couldn't communicate or get communication from someone who could really resonate with the pain that I was feeling, that that really, really, really um, caused me to feel like I was on an island by myself. Um, and most of you guys know that was that loneliness has been the story of my life anyway. Uh, but imagine being lonely and then being broken and lonely on top of that. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a whole nother world. Um, and I felt that most people will automatically side with my wife, with, with Mandy, because of the objections that they would naturally have regarding me contemplating leaving the marriage. 
You know, most people, when they hear that the other person is contemplating leaving, they automatically, and this is almost like a natural thing, but they kind of by default side with the person that's wanting to stay Mm -hmm. without asking any questions. Mm -hmm. And I would feel that that was the case a lot, you know, and so that was a struggle as well, Mm -hmm. is that nobody, nobody knows the trouble. You know, I felt, I really felt like that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and also being the reluctant spouse was, like I said, a very lonely experience. I mean, that was probably the biggest thing for me was that loneliness. There were, there were times when I would get angry with myself, with you, with Mm -hmm. God, um, and Nobody was there to qualm it. Nobody was there to, 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 to get that fire out, you know, and it was just an insatiable burning fire that was just there. Um, and it was a struggle for me. I would, I would, you know, cry out at times and even cry at times, you know, and, and nobody would know because nobody was there. Nobody was there to, to say, you know, it's okay. Whether you do or don't get back, it's going to be okay. And I had nobody to say that. You know, most of the time people were looking to just kind of get us back together. And I, and I didn't like that because I felt like, okay, well, what about the reason, the, the primary reason why I wanted out in the first place? And it wasn't because of some other person. It was because there were some things that was missing, some voice that was missing. Um, and so, and I know I'm, I'm explaining it, but, you know, I'm just kind of, I think, I know a lot of people who are reluctant spouses, they, they are there and no, they know good. that pain. I think it's good you that know? you're going into, uh great detail mm-hmm. because I, I really feel like this is going to resonate with a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. And, and here's another thing. I wanted to be happy and I wanted Mandy, I wanted you to be happy, but I felt like we couldn't be happy together. And I felt like it was every time we tried to make it work, it was like putting a round peg in a square hole, you know, or round hole in a square peg, however you want to put it. But it, it just wasn't fitting. It wasn't a perfect fit. And I felt like I was causing more damage because I could not give you what I did not have. And I know that was one of the themes that I would say. I can only give away what I have, you know. And at least in that area, I remain true, you know, that if I didn't have it to give, I couldn't give it, you know. And I didn't have someone or something there to provoke me to give beyond my means, you know. And so so let's transition now into what would have helped me. You know, what would have helped me transition back into the marriage? Uh, because I know there were, the, what I talked about in terms of how I felt, that's just a, that's just kind of like the tip of the iceberg. I don't, I don't want to take the whole show up. But I just want to let you guys know that those of you who are reluctant spouses, I get you. I understand you. It's, it's not an easy position to be in. And often you are kind of like the black sheep. The one that wants out is the one that has all the issues. When really, at the end of the day, there's more beneath the surface that people aren't taking the time to find. And I get it. I, I, I promise you, I understand that. And it sucks because there's only a few of us out that really get it. But let me talk about what I could have, what could have helped, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, being a reluctant spouse, is, the, in my estimation, is the most difficult position out of the two. And this is just my personal opinion. Because of the loneliness factor. I mean, at least with Mandy, she had family, she had friends that she was able to go and vent to and talk to and get support. I had absolutely no one. Um, And some of that was by choice. I kind of cut myself off. But a lot of it was because I didn't trust anybody to give me what I felt like I needed. You know, and so I I felt like it really was, if I could have had someone uh, that was objective, like a person that was objective, Mm -hmm. who had been in the position before, and someone who could walk me through the steps of loving my wife again, I think that would have really helped me out. But mm-hmm. I had no one, you know, at least you have people that can pray with you and, you know, and, you know, 
you know, you had your family and stuff. And I, I'm not saying I didn't have my family, but it, it, it was just different, you know. And, and sure, I understand his love is a choice, but, like, it wasn't about the choice that was difficult. It was having the courage or mustering up enough courage to make the choice that was difficult. You know, I, I, like, how do you risk, how do you risk your future happiness on one choice that will last in a, an entire lifetime? And that's how I was looking at it. Like, if I make this choice to be back with my wife, what am I risking? And what am I giving up? And, and what if it never changes? And I just committed myself for an entire lifetime. And that was scary, you know, because I wanted, I wanted us to be happy. I didn't want to have a marriage. Because I've counseled clients who their entire 16, 25-year marriage is drama. And I didn't want that, right. you know. Raising kids and that crap. I was like, you know, and then people dying young as from heart attacks or getting cancer and other issues because of all the stress. I didn't want that, mm -hmm. you know. And so, um, but I didn't have anybody there. But if I would have had somebody there, even if it was just one person, uh, I think that would have made it the, the world. Because then I would have felt like I connected with somebody, you know. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately for me, it was me and it was God. And I say unfortunately because it really felt like it was just me. Mm -hmm. I know God was there, uh, but... I didn't get any scriptural quotes dropped down from the third heaven. You know, I didn't get any type of prophetic impartation or, you know, in my sleep, I didn't have a dream that said, you know, thou shalt, you know, I, I had none of that, you know, so it really felt like it was just me. Um, and that, it sucked. It sucked, you know, and this is the most important thing that I could have used was, was, you know, somebody there to help me make that choice. And, you know, the, like for me, the silence was, it was, it was heavy. It was cold. It was, it was dreary. It was, I can't really put a lot of adjectives to the word, to that, you know, but the silence that I've experienced in that, in that, it helped me because it gave me time to think, but it also showed me that there's going to be moments when God is not going to answer the way you want him to answer. So mm -hmm. what do you do when you don't hear directions, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, and, and I know those of you who are reluctant, I know you understand what I mean when I talk about that silence. So, uh, but anyway, let me talk about what I did do to help me transition. And then I'm going to hand it over to Mandy because I'm not, I want, this can go forever. We should do one show a piece, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> but I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. But here's some of the things I did do. Um, is I embraced the silence, you know, I kind of became friends, became one with the silence. Mm -hmm. uh, and that gave me time to clear my head of a lot of randomness. Mm -hmm. Um, and it gave me an opportunity to really focus on what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I paid and, and in that process, I started to pay attention to you. I started to listen to you. And when you talked about making your personal changes, I started to pay attention to see if that was the case. And I remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I started to pay attention. And I think that that was one of the things that helped me was, you know, getting a chance to see Mandy actually go through the growing and changing process. Also, I made a decision for myself, not for you, not for the marriage, but for myself, that I was not going to let my fears of loving my wife dictate what I do next. You know, because it was a risk to love you, but I told myself I was not going to let that dictate what I did next. Also, another thing I did was I found myself all over again. You know, I developed a keen sense of what I was truly passionate about. And I began to dive into, like, productive activities that could serve not only as a healthy distraction, but also as a source of motivation for me. 
Because I needed something, something to propel me forward. Right. You know, also I prayed even when I did not sense God's presence. Mm -hmm. And often we only pray when we sense his presence. But I prayed regardless. And I complained and moaned and groaned. And even when he didn't answer, I still did the same thing. Because I felt abandoned, this was like a really difficult portion of the uh, process. Mm -hmm. But I didn't quit. Also, I forgave myself. I forgave Mandy. Um, and this was another difficult thing because I didn't feel like I had God's strength to forgive, but I had mm-hmm. to go through it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I also made the intentional decision to let Mandy back into my heart. Even when I did not feel the same towards her, I was like, I'm just going to let her in. We're going to see what happens. And then lastly, I told her that I loved her. And I think the moment I said those words again, because for a while, as you know, I disconnected myself from saying that. Mm-hmm. But the moment I said that again, I believe that that kind of, kick something into me subconsciously because your words are power mm-hmm. and they're and they're actual things mm-hmm. and so those are some of the things i did i know we could spend a lot more time but mandy go ahead and share i think you need to just keep on going yeah. it needs to be your show yeah but no i'm done I, I mean because you I'm done. I'm done but go ahead and do your go thing ahead. go ahead you know go ahead and talk a little bit tell us about the motivated portion okay <laughs> well to follow that up <laughs> Um, so yeah, as, as a motivated spouse, um, it was, it was definitely very difficult for me as well. Um, of course I can't, you know, speak on behalf of, of a reluctant spouse because I know that it was very hard for him. Um, but I'll just take you through pretty much the same, um, the same journey that I went through. Uh, for me, my motivated spouse, um, journey started when, um, my husband, you know, and I woke up early one one Sunday morning in February, um, and he pretty much told me that he was no longer in love with me. And um, he pretty much said, well, we need to figure out what to do about that. And so um, that, that knocked the wind out of me, you know, um, because, you know, we were... Um, wanting to, you know, start a family and, you know, we were, I thought everything was okay. And I think that's what happens sometimes is I think that sometimes we get stagnant and get comfortable in our relationships and our marriages. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, something like this is dropped on you and you didn't see it coming. You know, of course you probably saw that you had little spats here and there, but you didn't know that it was so so mon- monumental until they bring it to you like that. And I think that a lot of people, you know, don't actually tell their spouses, I'm not in love with you anymore. Um, but, you know, in our case, you know, he was very forthcoming. And that's what started my journey. Um, of course, pain points for me, depression, definitely, because I started to blame myself. Um, at the beginning, I cried a lot. I couldn't sleep. Um, I was very drained, um, and it at the very beginning it, it was very very hard. Um, before my husband told me that, I had actually been doing a love study, mm-hmm. and I've been seeking God to become love to the world. Pretty much, I, I was just really seeking God with all of my heart to um, to really learn the attributes of love and what that look like and what love looks like. And I was really desiring to be that to the world. And I remember after my husband told me that, um, I remember, you know, hearing in my spirit, you know, God told me to become love to my husband and that I had to become love to my husband before I could become love to the world. So Mm, that's deep. 
it it was deep and I knew it had to be, you know, the Lord prompting me because I know that I would not have thought of that on my own. At least he talked to you. Yeah. Brother ain't tell me nothing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> you acting. Um, so, you know, I gathered myself and I'm not saying that that just, you know, made me just march forward and I was just motivated from then on out because I still had my ups and my downs. Um of course, I experienced extreme rejection um, because, of course, as a woman, you want to be wanted. You want to be, you know, needed. You want your spouse to look at you and think, you know, think that you're beautiful and that they want to hold you and kiss you and caress you. And so when we went through that time, it seemed like forever, you know, because, you know, David didn't touch me. We weren't having sex. You know, like you said, we were living as roommates. Mm -hmm. And for me, especially with my love language being physical touch, um, it was very, very difficult for me. And I felt very lonely. Um, and here in a bit, I'll, I'll talk to you about, you know, what I did to, to get through that time. Um, of course, it was also a time of confusion for me, you know, because I went back and forth with, do I fight for my marriage or do I not? You know, um, will he ever be able to love me again? You know, now that he's at a point where he's no longer in love with me, um, will he ever be able to get there again? You know, so, I mean, of course, I had a lot of questions in my mind and confusion. And David was pretty convinced. Yeah, you know? I, I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't help <laughs> with answering those yeah, questions because I was pretty like, mm -hmm. I don't think I can do this. Yeah, and I mean, I kept going to him and trying to be positive and pray with him and you know, he didn't want to pray with me, <laughs> you know, and... I didn't and, want to pray. No, I don't that. I no, don't no, no, yeah. There was a point um, towards the beginning when I think that you were really kind of probably at, at your peak. <laughs> and um, I remember there were uh, several times I reached out and, you know, I said, okay, I would like to pray together. And you said, well, you can pray. But I don't feel like praying. Oh, I do remember that. And so I just went ahead and prayed, and that was very hurtful, you know, that disconnection spiritually during that time, and that does happen. Do you remember why I uh, said that? Because I think I told you. Do you remember why I made that decision? Um, I don't remember. Really quickly, I think the biggest thing was I did not want my motive, my decision to stay in the marriage to be motivated by any anybody but myself. And I don't know if that's the right or wrong way to think about it, but I wanted to make but sure that's that, where he was at yeah, that time. Yeah, if, if I made the decision to stay, that it was because I made the decision, not because someone else was, you know, pushing me to stay. But yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. I mean, and then also to add to the confusion, of course, I had all these questions in my head, like, what what did I do so badly? You know, what did I do so badly for him to get to this place? And I knew that, again, we had difficulties in our marriage and our relationships and um, I mean, in our, in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, I still didn't feel like I did something so bad to where he didn't want to be with me anymore. So, I mean, I, I went through a range of emotions there. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, fear of the unknown, you know, um, I've been, let's see now me, me and David will have been together be eight years in November. And, um, well, this is November. This is this month. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, you know, I think, again, fear of the unknown, not knowing what will happen. You know, if we get a divorce, then what's going to happen, you know? And, and during that time frame, you know, I really realized that I actually had an unhealthy dependency on my husband. Mm -hmm. And my dependency, you know, my, my primary dependency was not on God the way it needed to be. And so, you know, that definitely had to be shifted 
and and rectified, you know, before we could actually heal and move forward. Um, so, so definitely the fear of the unknown. Um, I think that, you know, what was hard about dealing with a quote unquote reluctant spouse dealing with David was how to stay motivated. You know, I knew that for me, divorce wasn't an option that I was going to fight, you know, for better or for worse, no matter what. And she was persistent. Man. <laughs> but, um, it was still hard to stay motivated because again, I've always told David, you know, he should have been a lawyer because even every time <laughs> I would go to him and try to have these conversations about, you know, well, the word says this about marriage and, you know, we have to fight for our marriage because, you know, God ordained our marriage. And I know God told, uh, told me that we were supposed to be together. David always had a rebuttal and always had a reason for why he knew, or pro you know, was pretty sure that maybe, you know, we, we weren't supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was very draining. Um, and, and it was, it made it hard to stay motivated because there were like darts and arrows. Sometimes I would feel physical pain in my body from the rejection. Um, so wow. again, that, that made it really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, again, him not wanting to touch me or have sex or wanting, you know, just to interact with me like that, you know, even being in public, you know, and I mean, if we could all be real, when, when you're at church and at your family's house, especially at church, you know, because I think that, um, you know, when, when you're going to church, you know, and, and people greet you, it's like, praise the Lord, you know, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? And, and, you know, you don't want to go and you don't want to be fake. You don't want to be phony because you know, at home, you know, you're not doing too well. And so, you know, that was also hard dealing with that situation, you know, in, in public places as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I know during that time, some of the things that I needed included, you know, talking with somebody who had been there and had succeeded in this in this type of fight for their marriage, just kind of like what David was saying. Um, and so I definitely needed somebody like that. Again, I did have a good support system during this time, um, just like David was talking about, but... <laughs> Um, that's definitely something that would have been even, even, even greater, you know, having somebody who went through this before and had, you know, steps already laid out that I could follow or even a guideline or outline. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, having somebody in my corner who was objective, optimistic, and positive, um, you know, and I think David talked about some of those characteristics and, you know, objective meaning that somebody who loved me and loved and loved David and who was able to tell me my shortcomings as well as pray for me and pray for him. Not somebody who was, you know, beating him down and pointing the finger at him. I needed someone to help to keep me motivated by, you know, by, by, um, let's see. I guess the word is by encouraging both of us or, or praying on both of our behalf. Um, I think that going back to what I said before, you know, developing a greater dependence on God for filling me um, up with his love and his acceptance. Because during that time of rejection and depression, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of people that, that you're talking to about your pain points and you have like a smaller group, those times where it's just you and you can't talk to somebody, you know, what do you do when you're lonely and depressed and mm -hmm. rejected, you know, and like I said, I found out like never before that I was not dependent on God as that sole source for me in those areas because David is human at the end of the day and he's mm -hmm. going to fail just I like sure I'm going am. to fail. Mm -hmm. So I can't put all my trust in him. So I learned that and I really 
I really honed in on developing my, my relationship with God um, and taking it to another level and putting that soul dependency on him. Mm. And so that was really uh, a huge foundational piece for me in that area. Um, of course, you know, having resources that I could read and listen to that encourage me, um, you know, maybe having resources, you know, that would help me to, to, uh, meditate and to be positive about my situation. And also someone to call me out on my shortcomings and help me improve and grow to be a better wife. So those are definitely things that I needed, uh, during that time. Of course, what I did, as I stated, was I worked on my relationship with God. I got to know myself better. Um, I worked on, you know, creating, um, healthy habits for de-stressing. Um, and so of course that's when I really started getting into my working out and my dancing and my stretching and, and flexibility more. And that definitely helped in that area. Of course, having that core support system, um, praying and declaring statements of faith and guarding my heart from, uh, toxic, um, entertainment selections mm -hmm. as well. So those are some, some things that I did. <clears throat> Cool, cool, cool. That's some good stuff. I, I, I think we could have done a, a, a individual show a piece. Because yeah, because is... I kind of had to rush because you were so passionate and poetic <laughs> with yours, <laughs> which it was good because I, I really, I really, um, I really dig the way you did that. So that's good. Well, and 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 here's why. And dang it, I know we're gonna run out of time for the show as well. But actually, you know what? We we get to dictate how long the show is, so we don't have to run out of time if we want. But anyway. Um, we want to be respectful, but so here's why we wanted to do this show this way. Uh, it's because we found working with uh, married individuals who are struggling in their marriage is that most people who are in the situation find it difficult to trust certain resources or, or to really find a resource or a person or set of individuals that they really can trust and rely on for help. Right. Um, and we we want to be as transparent as possible because we want you guys to know that we are not just here just to be here. Mm -hmm. Like we have a story to tell and we've been through it. We know what it feels like to struggle in the marriage and we know what it feels like to have success. And if there's anybody that you can rely on, it's us. It's That's mend right. our marriage. That's right. You know, and, and so it's not it's, it's not just to pump our horn or anything like that, but it's just to say that. We get you. We understand. For those who are reluctant, for those who are motivated, mm -hmm. you know, the stress, uh, the loneliness, the fear, the frustration, the anxiety, all of those emotions plus some, we get it. You know, we, right. we get what it feel like to, you know, to have financial burdens in the midst of this, you know, mm -hmm. and have your electricity cut off because of other things that's going on. I mean, we get it. We understand that, you know. And so we're here to help. We're here to help. And, you know, we, we want to just let you guys know that, we we've been there. We understand. We get it. And we also, as you guys have heard on Monday, which maybe it may be not Monday for you, but at the top of the week, um, we launched a brand new uh, membership program called Men Does 90. Um, and Men Does 90 is all about the reluctant and the motivated spouse. It's all about those two. It's all about helping the reluctant spouse who I understand will be very reluctant to even look into a membership program of this caliber because they're already reluctant. But I, I understand and I get it. 
You know, and, and and Mandy would have Mandy asked me, "Hey, would this have been something that you would have done mm-hmm. had you been, you know, had it been available?" And I said, "If the person was credible and I can trust that person, and they've been there, done that, then yes, I would have needed somebody who could help me through that, that process mm-hmm. because it was lonely, you know. And if there was a community of us reluctant folk, that would have been even better because then I have other people who know my struggle, right. you know. And so, Men Does Ninety is all about." helping the reluctant spouse and helping the motivated spouse. Mm-hmm. And right now, um, if you've been to the site or if you have now opened your email, <laughs> um, we are only accepting 50 couples right now, 50 couples. Um, registration opened on Monday and it closes this Sunday at midnight. And so it would behoove you to get in as soon as possible because you want to make sure you get in in this first 50. Um, and we are really focusing on these 50 we're keeping the number at 50 because we want to make sure that uh, we give them the type of attention and detail that they need you know and so from the weekly coaching calls you know that y'all gonna have the reluctant group is going to have coaching calls from me the motivated group is going to have coaching calls from mandy and so we we we, we structured it that way so that you guys hear from the person who's been there done that Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Book mm-hmm. clubs, uh, the private Facebook group. I mean, we, we have a system set in place to make sure that you get what you need so that you transition back into being a part of the marriage, no matter whether you're reluctant or motivated. Right. Um, and so I want to offer you or invite you to check out uh, MendUs90.com. MendUs90. Yeah, MendUs90. Nine zero dot com. Um, you'll see a short video that we did, um, but then you also get a chance to, to look and see which one you are. Most of you guys know if you're motivated or reluctant, um, but you can make a decision. And also, before I end, I also want to let you know you don't have to do this program with your spouse. Now, we are uh, offering a guarantee that if you do it with your spouse, your marriage will be mended. We're guaranteeing that or your money back. But if you choose to do it alone, you you don't have to worry about feeling like, well, do I have to do it with my spouse or not? You can do it without your spouse as well. Um, and this, I say this because Mandy started the journey without me. And it was because of Mandy's progress. Remember I told you I started to pay attention to her. It was because of her changes and her progress that I bought in. And so you might be, you motivated spouse, you might be the very thing that brings your other, your, other, your spouse mm-hmm. back into the marriage. Your other whole... Mandy was like that for me. She was the one that brought me back, but it was because of her consistency and dedication. So we're going to end there. Um, I don't want to give you too much because we've already talked enough and it's been over 30 minutes. So we thank you guys for your time and attention. Yes, thank you guys. Please, please go and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We read them all and we would like to share them. We would like to read them on the air too. So please go. We haven't gotten a few in the last couple of days. Um, and so as a result, we are not even up in the top 10 anymore. So please go leave us a rating and review so that others can hear this message as well. Um, but we appreciate your time. We thank you for your listening ear. And um, yeah, check us out at mendus 90 mendus 90com Join today. Join today, guys. Registration ends on Sunday. All right, y'all. We out, y'all. This Deuces. is...